Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. Lord, we just thank you so much for your, your spirit. We thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I believe and I just declare that this year is going to be one of the most joyful years that we've ever had as the body of Christ. So we thank you, Jesus. I just believe and just uh, prophesy over these people that, God, there's like pregnant joy in them, that they're giving birth and they're going to see joy just exploding in their families and their life. We thank you. You lead us in joy in all seasons. God, we just pray you bless this word, anoint this word. I just believe there's an anointing on this word to break yokes of bondages in this place. So we just pray that your anointing goes forth this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I know uh, Diane just hit this. I'm going to hit it one more time. How many people in the last 45 days or so... God has done something in your life or through your life, either physical healing. Yeah, go ahead and start raising your hands. Physical healing, personal breakthroughs. God did something in your finances. Someone got saved. Someone got healed that you know, that you prayed for. Um, You had an answer to prayer. Raise your hand. Anybody like that in the last, let's say, 60 days? Amen. Okay, there's a lot of hands up. Did everybody that had their hands up get a testimony card? Okay. If you didn't get a testimony card that had your hand up, keep your hand up. Anybody didn't get a testimony card? Um, Okay, so this is what I want you to do right now while we're we're sitting here. I want you to write on that testimony card. If you you can pass out pens, if there's some people that need pens, if you need a pen, just slip your hand up. I want you to write on that testimony card in five words or less what happened. Just like my arm was healed, prayed for someone, they got healed. My, My cousin Bob got saved. Whatever it is, just like five words or less. I don't want you to fill it out now, but just fill out the topic. And when the service is over today, please fill out the rest and put it on our testimony wall. The testimony that you share has the spirit of prophecy on it. It prophesies over people what's available. So if you shared Christ with someone and they got saved, you need to give God glory for that testimony. And when people go over there and they read it, it's prophesying over them that everybody that they're ministering to and the people that they're believing are going to get saved, it's prophesying that over them. Amen? My wife, uh, she had a radical heart healing in 2011. She was on her deathbed. We didn't know if she was going to live or die. She was bedridden. She couldn't get out. And someone came to our home and prayed for her. We didn't really have a grid for healing back then. Someone came to our home and prayed for her, and she had a radical miracle in her heart. And most of you know that testimony. Radical miracle, instant miracle. It was one of those that's just like happened instantly. About two months later... She was worshiping at our church, and she, she just said, I'm just going to share my testimony. It just came to her heart in that moment. She just shared her testimony about getting her heart healing. There was a lady that was sitting in the audience who um, felt like she was punched in the gut as this testimony went forward. She doubled over. She began to weep. She kept weeping all through service. She didn't know what was going on. She's just like, something happened. She's just weeping. She wept through the whole service. Turns out she actually had the exact same heart issue my wife had. She got up and she left that place completely healed. 
the testimony that we share, it has a spirit of prophecy on it. Isn't that powerful? Your words, your testimony is so powerful. When you release the testimony, it's, it's giving God glory, one, but it's also releasing a prophecy over others of what's available. We want to fill that wall. We want to give God glory. And whenever you need something, man, go over there and just start pouring over those testimonies. God, if you did that for them, you'll do it for me. Amen? Okay, did I hit that hard enough? Let's give God glory. It, it just builds something into our culture. Bethel's so good at that. They hammer that so much, like steward the testimony, steward the testimony, steward the testimony. When we steward the testimony, God actually does more. Amen. I want to talk about evangelism yesterday. We had a great turnout for that. Um, we had about, I would say, about 12 people show up here at 11.30 yesterday. We all prayed and went out and evangelized. And I want to tell you, there's, there's like a fire on evangelism in our church right now. It was powerful just going out. We felt the Lord just on us. Um, I know there's, a, there's one testimony of somebody that went out yesterday that um, they prayed for someone and their back, as they were praying for them, their back popped and their back was healed. They were praying for their back to get healed. Their back was healed. Um, I was with uh, Caleb, and, and we were just going around and praying for people. We had people just that the Lord was just touching them. I just said, hey, a couple people were like, or a few people, like, just put out your hands. And we just invited the Holy Spirit to come. And we're like, do you, do you guys feel that? And they're like, yes. Like, God's just touching people. He wants to show up in those moments. So I just want to encourage you, um, 1130 on Saturdays, we're doing this every Saturday. So we're gonna, we meet here. We just get touched by the Lord. We share some encouraging testimonies. And I don't even know, by the way, there were so many people that went out. I don't know all the testimonies that happened yesterday, but I'm telling you, God showed up and there's an anointing on our church right now for evangelism. God wants to bring the lost in, amen? And people's hearts are open. Okay, last September, I usually live pretty encouraged, but I was having a hard moment. I take a drink here. I was having a hard moment. September 30th. And uh, I was starting to just worry. Like, really, it was worry and it was fear. And it was about kind of like, what's going to happen with the pandemic? And it was like, and what's going to happen in this election? I'm like, God, what if, you know, what if I start just, you know, we start thinking of these scenarios. What if this happens, God? What, what, what are we going to do? And it was like just this, this fear. And I went to the Lord, and I believe he started to speak to me. One of the ways we know that God's speaking to us is that his anointing brings a, a yoke, or it breaks the yoke of bondage. So if you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling depressed, oftentimes, how many have experienced you come into worship and you feel like discouragement come off? You feel fear come off, yeah. It's like that the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. So I went to the Lord, and I just said, God, I'm, I'm concerned about this and that. And I feel like he spoke to me really clearly. And it came with this encouragement. And it broke off the discouragement. And this is what the Lord said to me. I wrote it down and I just reviewed it this past week. And I've actually held on to this throughout all of this crazy season that we're going through and have been through. He said, Daniel... I've called you to walk in peace during this time and to lead people in peace. 
It's the peace of the Lord that surpasses all understanding. And he said, I'm protecting you and your entire family throughout this process. And it just broke this fear of like, what's going to happen with the pandemic? Who's going to be the next president of the United States? And it came with this impartation of grace to where I was like, wow, it really doesn't matter like who the next president is. God is protecting his people throughout this process. And, and how many know what I mean by that? It matters who our president is, absolutely. But what I'm talking about is the promises that God has for his people do not change depending on the president of the United States, amen? And I realized even in that moment that I, I had a little faith in who my leader was gonna be. And the Lord's doing something in this season where it's like we, we get, it's a blessing of being able to push all in on God. Used a poker term for the men out there. We can push all in on God and maybe realize, man, maybe I've had some faith in some other things and I wanna go all in on God. Like God, if you don't show up, we're all in big trouble, right? We need you to show up. But if God shows up, we're protected. We'll, we'll have peace. We'll have joy. And actually, the process of putting our faith all in Jesus, something transforms in our heart. So that happened in September. And then I spoke a message here on Sunday, October 25th. And I reviewed that message this past week. Too. I, I encourage myself. I listen to my own messages. It encourages me. They're, these messages are for me, first and foremost. I'm serious. I spoke a message here on Sunday, October 25th, and um, I released, I felt on my heart that week to release a prophetic word over the church. And this is the word, and I feel like it's more um, pregnant, it's more appropriate for right now, even than it was then. But this was the word I released, October 25th. You can go back on the podcast and you can hear it on the podcast, but this was the word. The best days of your life are yet to come. We don't need to fear the future. We can actually get excited about the future and the church's finest hour is ahead of us. I was getting ministered to as I was listening to that and I was like, wow. How many know God likes to give you a word oftentimes before you need it? Or as time goes on, you'll progressively need it more? And I'm like, man, I need that word right now. That's, that's for now. And we can just grab onto that word. And in that word, I was just saying, this word is for the body of Christ. This is for, this is for us for this time. So this is not a season to be afraid and to shrink back, but it's a season to advance. This is an advancing season. This is a season where we get to go all in on Jesus and be like, Jesus, I'm all in on you. I want to talk about Matthew 4.4. 4. This, this verse has been so heavy on my heart. And it says in the NASB, it says, uh, well, let me give you some context. Jesus has been baptized by John the Baptist. He comes up out of the water. Um, heavens open up. He hears the voice of his father say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And John the Baptist noted, he said, I saw the Holy Spirit come upon him, but it remained it says it remained because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and it would lift. It would, it would come on people for a purpose for a specific time, and then the Holy Spirit would lift. But when John the Baptist noted, he said the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and it remained. And this is signifying something for us as believers is that in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us and remaining on us constantly. 
So then the Bible says the Holy Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness. So he goes into the wilderness, he fasts for 40 days, and he's being tempted by Satan specifically at the end of that 40 days. He's hungry. How many know Satan will attack you when you're at your weakest? He will come when you're at your weak points. And he comes to Jesus at the end of 40 days. Jesus is hungry. It's probably an understatement. The Bible says he's hungry. And he says, if you're, if you're the son of God, why don't you turn these stones into, into bread? Do you see the challenging of the identity? If you're the son of God, why don't you turn these stones into bread? When Satan comes to you, he's going to often challenge your identity. Jesus is hungry. He's starving probably. And the temptation he uses is, do this miracle, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus says something. I gave you this context for a reason. Jesus responds, it's Matthew 4, 4. He says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's, that's this verse, I'm sorry. It's been just so heavy on my heart lately. There's so much in that. Satan tempts him with food. We need food to live. Amen? How many like to eat a couple times, three times a day? Yeah, we all like that, right? And what is Jesus saying? Just as it's important to have physical sustenance, that cannot sustain you like daily, three times a day we're eating. Just as important as having this physical sustenance is having the word of the Lord. And this is the rhema word of the Lord. It's, it's God's spoken word. It's not the Bible. It's the spoken word. Now, God can speak to you a rhema word through the Bible, absolutely. But this is the spoken word of God. And he's using food to tell us, like, you can't just live on physical bread, physical food. You have to live just as much as we're dependent on food. You have to be that dependent on the word of the Lord. Man cannot live on bread alone. He has to have the word of the Lord. That's been so heavy in my heart. How many of us, don't raise your hand, how many of us would starve to death if we ate as often as we prayed? We have to have the word of the Lord. This is a season we're going into. We have to have the word of the Lord. We have to, as much as we're going to the Lord for, to, or as much as we eat, we need the word of the Lord. We need God's moment-to-moment -moment voice spoken to us. And man, God will guide you. He can guide you in dreams. He can guide you through the word. And he's going to speak to you in this season. And it's so important to get that word of the Lord. We were on a, a Bethel Leadership Network call. By the way, our church is not a Bethel plant. Like, we haven't gotten money from Bethel or anything. I, I don't want people to misunderstand or to think we're trying to be something we're not. We're not a Bethel plant. My wife and I are in the Bethel Leadership Network. And so we actually pay to be in the Bethel Leadership Network and we're blessed with tons of mentorship and resource and it's like, it's a huge blessing and it's really helped uh, form the backbone of this church. So we were on a Bethel Leadership Network call the other day and um, our friends from Germany, a lot of you know who they are, um, Lydia and Winfred. If you're watching guys, sometimes they watch. Bless you guys, we love you guys. But Lydia, this sweet, sweet friend of ours, Lydia, she just said, um, we must seek the Lord, not just answers to our problems. 
man, the prize, and I've been there. I've been there. Lord, I am seeking you because I need an answer to this problem. And, and God is okay with you seeking him for answers to your problems. That's totally fine. But if that's all we seek him for, we miss the biggest part of just knowing God. We miss the, the prize is knowing him. The prize is getting to know him. The prize is like, oh God, I just want to know you. I do I want to know your character. I want to know what you're like. I want to know what kind of father you are. That's the prize in knowing him. It's not just getting the answers to our problems, although God loves to give you the answers and he's going to give us answers. But we need to seek the prize is knowing him. So Jesus said we can't live on bread alone. We have to live on the words that God speaks to us. In the message, it says it like, like this. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy, and he said, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. The Passion says this, bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. His words are constantly going forth. We just need to tune into the frequency. God, what is your word for the day? We just need to tune into what is he saying? What is he saying to the church in this moment? What is he saying to me as a father? What is he saying to me as a husband? What is he saying to me as a leader? What is he saying to you about your job, about your kids, about your family? He's always speaking. His words are always going forth. We just need to be in tune with that frequency. And he will speak. Think about the relationship that Adam and Eve had in the garden. They walked with God. They talked with God. That's the relationship that Jesus Christ died to restore back to us. He died for that so that we could have that relationship walking and talking with the Lord. Man, I believe like God is so eager to speak to us. He wants to break those strongholds in our, our life that believe that, man, I can't hear God's voice. It's like it's easy to hear his voice. Often we just dismiss when he's speaking to us but it's easy to hear his voice. I believe God's breaking off double-mindedness in this season. James 1.8 says, a double-minded man is he's unstable in all his ways. Double-minded is like, man, I, I trust in God, but I have a little bit of trust over here in my government. I've, I've pushed a few chips over here. I'm using poker again. Men, you're with me? You're staying with me? Brad, I know you're with me. <laughs> I've got a few chips and trust in my government. I've got a few chips and trust in my job security. And it's like, it's a double-mindedness because it's like my faith is, is I'm, I got a little bit here, I got a little bit here, and I got some in God. And we're going into a season where it's like, man, take all your faith out of all those other securities and push all in on God. He's breaking off double-mindedness in this season. Where's our trust? What is our trust in? Is it in God or is it in the pandemic? Is it in God or is it in the government? Man, I know that I've had, had chips in, the, in both of those places that I've had to repent for and ask the Lord to help me. It doesn't mean that we don't have concerns. It doesn't mean that we don't stand against injustice. We will stand against injustice it just means that we believe that we're going to be okay, not because of what's happening in our world, but because we're God's children. We're going to be sustained, just like that word that the Lord gave me. You're going to be sustained because of who I am, not because of what's happening in your world. That's his promise. We're entering into a season. Man, I was talking to my, 
a friend, a guy I grew up with, he's a pastor in Michigan. We used to just tear up the town in Michigan together growing up. And we're both pastors now, so it's kind of funny. And I was talking to him the other night and just asking him, like, how's your church been? He's a, church of, he's a pastor of an Assembly of God church in Tawas, Michigan. And it's interesting. He's had similar experience to us. He's like, church has grown. Things are great. God's blessing us. And he said something, and I was like, wow, that's so good. I need to write that down. He goes, I believe we're entering into a season where it's not going to be easy to be lukewarm. You're going to have to be hot or cold in this next season. You can be cold and be like, I'm going to place my trust all in my security, my finances, you know, where I'm at. Or you're going to be hot and be like, God, I'm all in on you. I'm, put, I'm going all in on you, Jesus, man. I would not want to go all in on the world right now. <laughs> I'm all in on Jesus and I actually have just a supernatural peace right now. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I have more peace than I've had in a long time just because I know who my God is. There's a grace in this season to get upgrades in our faith. There's such a peace in moving into greater levels of faith and letting go of the things that we've placed faith in in this world. There's a grace to let go and embrace the Lord and, and have upgrades in our faith. I want to share this story with you. I'm going to share the kind of a backstory and then the main story. But the backstory is... Um, my friend Levi, he had a, a friend that was uh, an atheist. And uh, him and his other friend, who were both saved, they tricked their atheist friend into going to this revival meeting. So I don't know how they did it, but they tricked him into going. And, and this guy was an evangelistic atheist. So he would convert Christians to atheists. And so they trick him into going to this revival meeting. And God totally set him up. He's, they, they were sitting in the second row. And his friend, who's an atheist, sat next to a lady who was blind. And so God just had him set up from the beginning. The guy's on stage ministering, and he says, he says to the lady that's blind, he says, God's going to heal you right now. Come up on the stage. She comes up on the stage. They don't know the minister. This was all God. This was all Holy Spirit. He puts his hand on the blind lady. He stares at the atheist friend and goes, blind eyes open. And Levi said, we watched this lady's go from white to color before our eyes. And his atheist buddy instantly became agnostic. <laughs> and that's part of his testimony. He's like, something shifted. I couldn't keep believing that. You know, atheism is just a stronghold. Don't be afraid of atheism. Atheism is what it talks about in 1 Corinthians 4. It says, high and lofty things that rage against the knowledge of God. That's what atheism is. And when he saw that miracle, that stronghold cracked. He's like, I can't believe that anymore. I just, I can't explain what I just seen. I can't continue to believe that. His friend actually, fast forward, is a radical Christian for the Lord, and he's an evangelist for Jesus now, instead of for Satan. And his friend gets excited when he meets other atheists. And his friend will be like, oh, man, that's, this is so exciting. He's like, God's going to show up. I used to be an atheist, too. And he just, he's like, it got such a grace for atheists ministering to them. 
So all that to say that, I give you this backstory. Levi, he's like, I used to get discouraged when I would share Christ with atheists. He said, they would say, I'm an atheist, and I'd instantly be discouraged. He'd be like, I'd be like, oh, man, this is a hard one, you know. And he's like, man, I got to start, I got to shift my thinking. There's something wrong. I, I get just too discouraged when I meet atheists. And so he remembered his friend, and he's like, he gets excited when he meets atheists. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change up. He started making declarations like before they would, you know, just all the time where he would say like, God, you always show up when I meet an atheist. God, you, you're like, every heart is so hungry for the gospel, especially an atheist. And he would just make these declarations. And so he's in London and they go up to this group of teenagers and uh, he starts to share the gospel. And the, he said the ringleader, it was a girl. She kind of stepped forward. And she goes, I'm an atheist. And he goes, wow, that's so exciting. God always shows up when I meet an atheist. And he's getting, he said he, he felt like he had always felt that discouragement. He said when he did that, he felt something break in the atmosphere. And he felt like just so pregnant with faith. Like, God's, God's about to do something. And he goes, hey, do me a favor. He goes, do you, want, you guys want to feel God right now? He said, put your hands out. All these kids are sitting there. They put their hands out. And he says, Holy Spirit, come. Atheist girl starts to weep. Holy Spirit's just hitting her. She's weeping. She gets saved. They end up, actually, all six of them got saved right there. Gave their hearts to the Lord. So why did I tell you that story? Levi received an upgrade in what he believed about atheists. And God wants to give us an upgrade in our faith in him in this season. We might have to shift some things. We might have to shift where we placed our faith. But God wants to give us an upgrade. There's an upgrade available. And when we have that upgrade, when we receive that upgrade, we're going to see breakthrough just like Levi saw with that person he talked to. He said, instead of getting discouraged... I got excited. I made this declaration, and God just shows up right in the middle of that. So I want, I want to end with this. God wants to give you some weapons in this season against worry and fear. So I'm going to read this, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. I'm reading in the Passion. It says, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Say that. Say every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the Holy One. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship. For our Lord is ever near. Listen to this, verse 6, Philippians 4, 6. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Let me say it again. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, 
honorable and admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. Now, you probably know that more familiar, it's probably more familiar to you in, in the, like another translation like this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds in Jesus Christ. God wants to increase your peace in this season. God wants to increase your peace, and what you're going to find is as you're placing all of your faith and all of your trust in him, your peace level is actually going to go up. There may be increasing uncertainty in the world, but God is increasing your certainty in him. We're in a brand new year, and there's so many things that we can't control in 2021, but I want you to focus on, what I want you to focus on is what you can control. And I'm going to give you three things that you can control. And these are also three weapons in the spirit. Number one, you can control what you put your faith in. You can control what you put your faith in. Tina read Romans 12 today. In Romans 12, it says, each one is given a measure of faith. Some people that say, like, I don't have faith, like, they're wrong. Everybody's been given a measure of faith. They've just placed their faith in something else. Some people place their faith in atheism. Some people place their faith in science. Some people place their faith in themselves. But everybody has a measure of faith. God's been given every single person a measure of faith. The question is, what have we put our faith in? Have we put it in other places other than all in God? Psalm 91, verses 5 and 6 says this, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. We don't have to fear a pandemic. We don't have to fear COVID. We have a promise from God. By the way, I believe in this, whew, Jesus. Hmm. I believe fear is a big part of what's feeling this whole thing. We, I mean, scientifically, we know when people are fearful, they're more vulnerable to sickness. I'm just going to leave it there. You can control what you put your faith in. Where's your faith right now? Where's your faith? Psalm 91, 9 and 10 says this, If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. These are the promises we're holding on to. Why am I, why am I saying this? You will not fear the terror of night. You will not fear the arrow that flies by day. You're not going to fear pestilence. You're not going to fear plague. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Some of you need to go to war with this. I'm sure we've all had moments of fear, but some of you need to go to war with this. Lord, you said 
He loves it when you say back his word to him. Lord, you said no harm will come near me. I've just been pleading that over my family. God, you said no harm will come near my dwelling. You can control what you put your faith in, number one. Number two, you can control what you focus on. Philippians 4.8 says this, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. You can control what you focus on. Now, now here's, this is really important. I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch news. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be aware of what's happening. We can be aware of what's happening without that being our focus. Let me give you an example. I don't wake up in the morning to find out what the report of the world is. I wake up in the morning to find out what is the report of the Lord. I want to be filled with the report of the Lord and then I can hear the report of the world and I can bring the kingdom to it without fear. I can step into a place of faith where I'm in this place of faith and I'm like, okay, this is just the report of the world. This is what I'm called to bring faith to. This is what I'm called to see the kingdom come into. This is when we become powerful and we're not cowering by the news report. I'm not going into fear and ready to build a bomb shelter. Man, and I get it. I get it. Without the report of the Lord, I'm probably ready to go build my bomb shelter. <laughs> but man, with the report of the Lord, I'm excited. I'm excited about what he's going to do. Start your day by worshiping the Lord, and then you won't start your day with worshiping the problem. Worship the Lord. You're going to worship something. What's the old Bob Dylan song? You're going to serve somebody. You can serve the report of the man. You can serve the report of the enemy. And you're going to worship that. You know, whatever you fear, you worship. Whatever you fear, you worship. That's why the fear of the Lord is a good thing. When we come into worship, we're actually fearing the Lord. And we're, that's why you see discouragements break off. Because when you come into the fear of the Lord, the fear of man breaks the fear of the world breaks. The fear of the pandemic breaks. And you're like, something just shifted in my heart. Whatever you fear, you're going to worship. So don't wake up and worship the report of man. Wake up and worship the Lord. Hear what his voice is. You can control what you put your faith in. You can control what you focus on. And the last one, you can control what you speak. What's coming out of your mouth? Are we speaking what the world is saying? Are we saying and agreeing with what God is saying? What, what are we partnering our words with? Are we speaking out of fears and doubts? Or are we speaking in faith, believing for God's kingdom to come? Your tongue is the rudder of your ship. That's what it says in James. It says, there's this big, huge ship, and it has this little teeny rudder, just like we have, we have a big body but a small tongue. But that tongue is the rudder of your ship, and it's going to determine where you're going to go, where you point your words, what are you saying. I can tell you with absolute certainty that a big part of where you're going to go this year is going to be determined by where you aim your rudder, where you aim in your words. 
Would you stand to your feet this morning? I'm just going to ask you straight out. If you need to upgrade in, in your personal peace, just raise your hand. Okay, right now, God's just going to deposit this peace that surpasses all understanding. You can have that. By the way, I just want to say this. When we went out evangelizing, like, something, it just filled me. It just like, you know, I think the, the lie of the enemy that we believe is, man, I'm going to, I think I'll be discouraged. Some, what if someone yells at me? I'm going to be, it's going to make me feel bad or worse. The truth is, like, when you're sharing Christ, like I heard Levi say this, he's like, man, I, I went through a couple weeks where I didn't share Christ with anybody. And he's like, I just realized, like, oh my goodness, I, I need that. I, I need it for me. Like, when I, when I share Christ with someone, when I tell someone Jesus is Lord, it fills me. And it just like, I can just tell you after just going out, and I was afraid. I'm, I'm afraid, just like anybody, just to go up to a random stranger and begin to share Christ with them. But man, the anointing was there. And when you begin to share, like we left that place, and I just felt like the pleasure of the Lord. I just felt like a, a higher level of peace than I had felt even before going into it. And so if you need an upgrade in peace, God's just going to give it to you right now. Lord Jesus, right now, we repent for everything that we put our faith in that's not you. Jesus, we push all in on you. And we know you said, take all our concerns to you. It says, be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication. Make your requests known to God. Then the peace of the Lord that surpasses all understanding will guide your heart and your mind. God, we push all in on you. We choose not to be anxious. We choose to bring our requests to you and to bring you the thoughts, bring you the worries, and I want you to just see yourself, just all the things that have been bothering you in this last year that we just came out of. I want you to see yourself just giving them to Jesus. Here you go, Jesus. Take my fear over the, what's happening in the government. Take my fear over the pandemic. Take my fear over the tensions that we, we've seen in our country and, and race th- situations. We just give it all to you, Jesus. We just give it all to you, Jesus. We're not going to worship the problem. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Ministry team, come forward. Are you guys okay? (laughs) Man, God is good. This is an exciting time to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. If you have any prayer needs this morning, please come up. We love to pray for you. Our, our ministry team's here and ready to pray for you. And, uh, oh, Joy, by the way, she, I almost always forget. She's like, make sure to tell people why I'm not there. <laughs> um, our little, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's at it again. <laughs> Our, <laughs> she's home with, with a, a little guy this morning, our one-year-old little guy. That was, he was having a hard time sleeping the other night. And so, you know, I just told her, stay home. Nurse the little guy back to, to good. And uh, so she's home. She said, make sure you tell people everything's great. Like, she's doing great. Our family's doing great. She just wants you to know where, that she's here with us in spirit. She's like, I'll be on, on watching you guys live. 
So let me bless you. Lord Jesus, I just pray for the blessing of peace over each heart that's here. God, we just thank you for a special touch, especially for people who just raised their hand and said, more, Jesus. I want more, I want more peace in this season. I just declare peace, peace, peace over you in Jesus' name. God, I declare you're just breaking through this season, and I just declare um, technology breakthroughs coming in this season. I declare people raising up in the body of Christ with new ideas, innovations that the world hasn't seen yet, God. God, I declare people in the body of Christ raising up, Father God, with just new ministries, God, that we've not seen yet, God. So we just thank you, Lord. I just pray that just the body of Christ in general, God, we're, we're not going to be lukewarm. We're shifting into, into full hot for Jesus, Lord. God, we just declare, God, also, God, that you are just reaching the lost in our city. We know that people are hungry in Phoenix. God, people are hungry in our neighborhood. People are hungry at Walmart. People are hungry at the restaurants. Lord Jesus, we just commission each person here to be salt and light in the earth. You said, go and make disciples of all nations. You said, go and preach the gospel. So God, we, we say, yes, here we are, Lord, send us. We wanna be the people who see a harvest in Phoenix. We know the harvest is ripe. We believe, God, that you are using us, God, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and to see people come to Jesus in this season. Bless this church and bless our families. We plead the blood of Jesus over each family. We declare Psalm 91, 9 and 10. If you say the Lord is, is your refuge, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. And we just plead the blood of Jesus over everybody here, God, that we walk in divine health and protection in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you, church. Bless you. Thank you.